Hey, what's going on? It's Sybil from The Possibility of Today. Thanks so much for dropping by and tuning in. This show's all about the events that are happening all around us, whether it's the events in the news or even the events in our own life. We get into all of it because we are trying to make certain we are living today better than yesterday. So I hope you will stick around. You are listening to The Possibility Today on webtalkradio.net. Hey, what's going on? How are you? How was the week? Thank you so much for dropping by and tuning in. On today's show, we're going to talk about the hot questions of the week, like we always do. So thank you so much for always sending them in. They're great questions, and I know that they help a lot to hear other people and kind of the things that they're working through. So please, if you have one and you want to send it in, you can just send me an email at sybil at possibilityoftoday.com, and that's actually S-I-B-Y-L at possibilityoftoday.com. Or you can also just drop by the iTunes page for this radio show, The Possibility of Today, and you're going to see a ratings and review section, and you can just leave your question there too. So thank you for that. And Mary Jo, we're going to actually take your question this week. Mary Jo, unfortunately, has recently been let go from her company. And... She's wondering, you know, now what are her best next steps now that she's lost her job? And specifically, she's asking about how to get over the fear of being unemployed and how to find her next opportunity. So Mary Jo, we are going to do our best to help you through that and to discuss some things that you can integrate into your day And then on a completely different note, I wanted to share with you guys the possibility of today funny moment of the week. This one is really hilarious. I mean, a total laugh out loud moment, which I always love, you know, just make sure that you're laughing and enjoying ourselves while, of course, we're also learning to live better and better. We'll get into that. But first... I wanted to talk about this documentary that I came across. It's actually called The Brain. And it shows how the brain works in terms of instinct and decision-making. And the interesting thing is that the experts in this documentary found that we can say anywhere from 300 to 1,000 words a minute to ourselves. It's crazy, right? Like, that's so many words. And the experts actually go on to explain in this documentary that the words that we're using and what we actually say impacts so many things in our life, right? Like the results we're getting, how we're experiencing things, you know, what we're motivated to do. And I just thought it was so interesting because the research actually also supports something I had heard Alicia Keys, you know, the famous Grammy-winning singer, share during a recent interview on Oprah's Masterclass. 
And during this interview, Alicia Keys said that she is strategic and very thoughtful about the words she uses when she's going after something that she really wants, right? Like something that feels right for her. And she said that she never uses the word if. So I just thought, oh my God, that's like so interesting. And I think that that's probably something we all wanna take a closer look at. So we are gonna hear from Alicia Keys and get into all of that. And then also, you know, really take a closer look at how we can make sure that we're using the right words in the right way to get the results and the things that we want. And along those same lines, we're also going to discuss the whole concept of a backup plan. You know, do you need to have a plan B? And I'm sure as you know, conventional wisdom and so many people suggest that you do, right? You always have to have something to fall back on. I mean, how many times have you heard that? So we are going to talk about that because actually there may be a reason to kind of go against conventional wisdom here. And so I thought that was pretty interesting. And finally, we are going to get into another insight that Alicia Key shared during that same interview. And this time, this one had to do with letting go and kind of just when it comes to certain things in your life, you just let life happen. And again, conventional wisdom and so many other people are always emphasizing the exact opposite. And their suggestion is that you actually need a plan. You know, if you don't have a plan and you don't know where you're going, how on earth can you expect to get to where you want to be? And you know me, I always love to kind of dissect information and really see, you know, what makes sense and what doesn't. So we are going to get into that. Some other insights that Alicia Keys said she realized from some of her life experiences. And actually that, that brings up another question I had, because have you noticed how the experiences in life like really do allow you to kind of take away certain messages or lessons? You know, there's things that happen to you. And as you, of course, you're managing through them, you know, you're kind of just managing through them. But when you look back on them, you can see that yeah, it was important for you to manage this situation, but there was more going on, right? And you were getting a lesson or what I like to say, like a little nugget of wisdom, a takeaway message that you needed. And as long as you got it, it was basically setting you up so that you could do things better in the future. Now, of course, you have to be paying attention, right? And I know this firsthand because for the longest time I wasn't, you know, I wasn't really paying all that close attention to the messages and the lessons and all the things that were coming my way. But now I do. And I can also look around at other people and see the lessons they're getting, which isn't that also interesting because it's always easier for some reason to see other people going wrong, to see the lessons that are coming to them, 
than it is a lot of times to see the ones that are coming to you. And I know now that I realize that I see other people getting their lessons and I, you know, I'm like, oh, you know, the light comes on, like, wait a second. I got that lesson, you know, three or four years ago, or (laughs) I was supposed to get that lesson three or four years ago. And when I was listening to some of the insights that Alicia Keys was sharing, there were just so many things. And clearly we're not all famous singers like Alicia Keys and haven't had a lot of the identical experiences that she's had. But, you know, as people always say, we're all way more alike than we are different. And when I was listening to her, I realized that so many of the things that she was sharing applied to all of us and, you know, can really kind of help us see things in our life. So I wanted to get into them. And the first thing, like we were talking about earlier, was Alicia Key says, she doesn't use the word if. You know, when it comes to something she's really passionate about, you know, and that she's decided, you know, I'm going to have this. She explains that her new philosophy that she adopted is she's really careful when it comes to the words that she's using. And what that's meant for her is, you know, she knows in the past she was using things like, oh, that probably is never going to happen, or if that works out, or, you know, with my luck, things never work out the way I need to. And she explained that she really started to just be careful and think about how the words were coming out of her mouth. Think about what she was saying. Even if she was just joking or saying something nonchalantly, she said she realized that they can have, the words you're saying, right, can have this negative impact on what you actually end up doing. And I mean, if you think about it, it makes perfect sense. And the research that we were talking about earlier from that documentary, The Brain, supports doing just what she's saying. Because according to the research and what the experts were sharing in this documentary, the words you choose really matter. And they have evidence that they absolutely affect your results, which is, you know, in a sense, when I'm thinking about it, it's like, you don't really think about that, right? You don't think about the words that you're using a lot of times. You just kind of say stuff off the cuff, like, and you don't even necessarily mean it. I know I've, you know, had so many times where I'm like, oh yeah, that's probably not going to happen. Or yeah, who knows if that's going to ever fall into place. And it's not that, or at least I would think that it wasn't that I was doubting myself, but the point is, you know, if you're saying 300 to 1,000 words a minute to yourself, it matters what these words are. And that's what I wanted to ask you, because think about it. Like the last time you really wanted something in your life, did you really believe it was going to happen? And... In addition to that, did you always speak like confidently about it or matter of factly, like it was something that was going to happen, like a foregone conclusion? Or were you like so many of us that 
kind of have this bad habit of using words like, well, that may not happen, or, you know, I'll be lucky if it comes to fruition, or things never work out my way. I mean, were you doing or saying those things that, even if it was nonchalantly or just jokingly, and, you know, now that you're looking back on it, you may not have realized it at the time, but, you know, can you say that you were 100% all the time speaking about things confidently? And I think the answer is, for a lot of us, is that, you know, no, we weren't. And there were times when we would just kind of say stuff and you think, oh, you know, I'm just going to, you know, not invest too much of my hope in this. So I don't want to talk it up or I don't want to jinx myself or sound too confident. And so you just kind of start downplaying, you know, your ability to accomplish something. You start making it more of an if. But according to this research, we should be doing the exact opposite, right? Like, we don't want to say things about something being unlikely or not ever happening. And the words really matter because it never makes you feel good, right? When you're like kind of doubting yourself, it doesn't make you want to, you know, go that extra mile or do that extra thing if you think something is unlikely. So it makes perfect sense then that you've got to pay attention to the words you're using. And to that point, what Alicia Keys shared on Masterclass, I thought was really helpful because she was talking about how she also used to fall into this trap. Check out what she said. I really do believe in the power of words. I think that it's the most incredible thing. I had a certain attitude I would always be like, well, you know my luck. Well, probably with my luck, we're never going to, you know, and, you know, so crucial. That's his name. He said to me, you know, why do you say that? And I was like, what? I mean, it was funny to me. I didn't see the problem. And he was like, why do you say those things? You'll never, you know my luck or how it goes for me. Like, why do you say that? You know, that, that that's how it's going to be if that's how you say it's going to be. And that was so big for me because I never thought about that before. I never thought that the things I was saying just nonchalantly as a joke were actually creating what was going to happen for me in my life. I mean, don't you think what she said is just like so true? I was sitting there on my couch multitasking, you know, watching TV kind of and checking email and just kind of surfing online. And when I heard her say, that she doesn't use the word if, like, I'm, it just caught my attention because I'm like, yeah, that's that makes perfect sense. Like, that is a change that I think is worth making. And it's a philosophy, you know, that you want to adopt because you don't want to be using those, you know, downer or doubtful thoughts that don't make you feel good or don't motivate you or, you know, go against what this research is telling you that your words matter. And interestingly enough, Alicia Keys went on in this same interview to share that every time she has a chance to get something she really wants, she never says if, she only says when. In fact, she said she has absolutely removed the word if from her vocabulary. Listen to how she explains it. And when I thought about it and when I actually internalized it, I realized, wow, 
Dang, I say if a lot, or I say probably won't a lot. I don't want to say those anymore, so I decided to take, like, I don't even use the word if. Anybody around me uses the word if, I'm always saying, you mean when? You mean when? So I don't even believe in the word if. Like, I don't think it should exist, that word. And I really appreciate having been exposed to that concept that, you know, the words that we speak, the things that we say in our life, the things that I say in my life every day is really you're like building your road with those words. I mean, it really is so true and it makes perfect sense. And what I love about it is it's just like a small little change. Like all you have to do is today decide, I am no longer using the word if. It's just, you know, if there's something that feels right for me, if it's something that I feel I was meant to do, it's gonna be about when, not if. And another interesting aside is that there was this study done on Navy SEALs. And they were actually able to increase their overall passing rate on a skill test simply by teaching the Navy SEALs the right words to use. And I just thought this report, this, this test was so fascinating because after seeing the improved test results, uh, they were done by a doctor by the name of Akil Bakari. He wrote up in an article that the improved results actually demonstrated that achieving success doesn't always have to be a complex process. And by just integrating a few tweaks, doing a few minor additions to the process that the Navy SEALs were going through, they were able to improve the results that they were getting. And I mean, it just really drives the point home, right? That sometimes it's not even about making these huge colossal changes. It's just about making tweaks. And as Alicia Keys is doing, I think it's something you know we all should really consider doing today. And that's just adjusting the way that we're speaking about things. I mean, don't you think that makes sense? And if we can just make a simple tweak like this and get different results or experience things in a better way, I mean, it just makes it worth it. Don't you think? Actually, related to that same topic too, another thing Alicia Keys explained was that when she's going after something she really wants, she's all chips in and she's like, this is the only chance I'm going to get and I'm going to go for it. And, you know, like we're talking about, she's saying she doesn't believe in if, and she doesn't really believe in having a plan B because in essence, that means you don't really believe you can accomplish plan A, which again makes perfect sense. But I wanted to ask you about, you know, plan Bs and backup plans actually altogether. I mean, are you someone that always feels that you need to have a backup plan, you know, in those instances where things don't work out? Because conventional wisdom, and I mean, everyone will tell you, maybe not everyone, right? But a lot of people will advise you that you're supposed to have this plan B. In fact, I was reading this article in Business Insider that spoke 
about the importance of just that, of having this backup plan. And it explained that you need to always be prepared for the possibility, right, that things just may not go according to plan. And you should always have something to fall back on when things go wrong. And you should, you know, basically have, I guess, a quick escape route uh, if things aren't coming together the way that you need them. So I was wondering what you thought about that and what your philosophy is. Because do you really think you always need a plan B in case plan A doesn't work? I mean, think back to the last time that you went after something. Maybe you're trying to get a new job or you there's just something else you wanted for your life. Did you have a backup plan? Did you have something that you you know, had in the back of your mind, you know, like if things don't work out, then I'm going to do X. Because a lot of times we have these backup plans in the back of our minds, right? And I mean, I understand the philosophy behind people advising you to have a backup plan and set yourself up to not take unnecessary risks. And I I mean, I get that because I'm not really one for taking unnecessary risks either. But I don't think that you have to doubt your ability to accomplish plan A and you necessarily must have a plan B to fall back on. I don't know that in my mind that is the only way to be risk averse because I know that's what many people are always encouraging us to do, but recently I've been questioning if it's something we really should be buying into. Because think about it, don't you agree that you can still set yourself up for success, right? You can still take all the necessary precautions, you can still prepare, and you can make certain that whatever chance you're taking, you are equipped to take it you can do all of that by doing certain things. And if you do that, then do you really need a backup plan? Because you're preparing, right? You're putting your energy in advance so that you know, okay, this is the road, this is the path I'm gonna take and I'm not gonna stop until I get to where I wanna be. And actually, the reason why I've been thinking about it too is because Obviously, I saw, you know, that interview with Alicia Keys on Masterclass, but I recently saw my friend do just this, right? She had her own company and she'd been doing really well with it for like 10 years, but there was just something in her and she wanted to do something else. And she had a specific company in mind that she wanted to work for. And she's like, you know what? I'm going all chips in on this. And it wasn't about if, you know, like Alicia Keys was saying, it was just about when. And she did her research. She attended events that she needed to that, you know, would have the people there who worked at this company. She set herself up financially to be able to transition out of her current position, her current company, and pursue the new opportunity. But what I loved and admired about what she did was she decided that this was it. This is what she was gonna do. It wasn't about having a plan B. 
It wasn't about having something to fall back on. She's like, I am going to put all my energy behind finding my way into this new company. I mean, she was determined. And when I look at her approach and I look at what Alicia Keys says she's doing, you know, it just really makes a lot of sense. And I, I feel that it's probably largely to credit for their success and their ability to accomplish their plan A and not worry about plan B. And it makes me honestly question, you know, the conventional wisdom that suggests otherwise, like that you actually must always have a plan B. I mean, doesn't that make sense to you? And I just think it's something to think through because you always want to make sure that you are setting yourself up to succeed and not doing things that are working against yourself. And I can see why, you know, making some of these minor tweaks could really help. And there just really is something about knowing and feeling like you are all chips in. It just makes you push a little harder. It makes you more resilient, right? Like you don't have time to be discouraged or, you know, to say, oh no, this is never going to happen. I mean, if you're all chips in, you got to make it happen. And I've noticed too, it makes you more resourceful. It makes you more creative. You know, you come up with different and better solutions because you're like, look, the only way out is success. And it just makes perfect sense to me that when you set yourself up to operate in this way, you are way more likely to get to where you want to be, to have your plan A come to fruition. And actually turning to another really interesting piece of advice also from Alicia Keys that also runs a little against the grain of conventional wisdom is that she's recommending that for certain areas of your life, you kind of let go a little and you just let things unfold. And I'm sure if you are like me at all, <laughs> sometimes the sound of that is, is a little frightening, right? Because I am a planner and I like to know in advance, you know, where I'm going to be in 30 days, in two years, in five years. But I was listening to what she said, and it's actually something I've been really trying to get better at doing myself over the last several years of my life is kind of letting go in certain areas, not in every area, because I think, you know, you do have to plan out some things and make certain that you're taking steps, you know, that are thoughtful and that you've basically planned on it in advance. But there are other areas of my life where I have really tried to open myself up to do exactly what she's saying and just kind of go with the flow and let things kind of move in the direction that they're meant to move, that you feel they're pulling you. And I was wondering if that's a philosophy that you have also adopted. Like, do you plan out every aspect of your life, you know, or, you know, are there those things that, you know, you're kind of more open to, like, do you think you're going to still be living in the same city that you're living in right now? in let's say five years, do you have a plan for that? Or would you be open 
I guess is the better question. Would you be open to just going with the flow and moving in whatever direction life seems to be pushing you? I really liked what Alicia Keys said about all of this because she explained that sometimes, you know, like we were talking about, it does make sense to have plans and you want to have them. But there are those other things and those other areas of your life that you want to open up a little bit to just letting go and kind of being a little more flexible with them and realizing that you can trust the way that things are going to unfold. And Alicia describes this as spontaneity. And she said she actually learned more about the importance of going with the flow from her husband. Check out this clip. He's just like such an incredibly crazy, spontaneous, full of life, like person that he's just bubbling over with life. I've never met a person like him ever. Few of us are able to be that free, you know, to just follow our light, you know, just follow it and know that it's gonna lead you where you're meant to go. So he's definitely taught me a lot about freedom and a lot about spontaneity and, and being open to life and how it's going to happen. I think before, I was always so kind of regimented about how everything had to happen. I had to plan it all out perfect, but that's not quite life. I mean, that's part of life. Don't get it wrong. You definitely have to plan things and execute them, but there's also another part of life that's very, very spontaneous. It's very natural. It kind of unfolds and it happens to you. This was another piece of advice that I just found so interesting, and it really just struck me because I know learning to let go a little was a lesson that I also got. And like we were talking about, you know, a couple minutes ago, looking back on my life, I just really wasn't one of those free flowing people when it came to anything. Now, I had a plan for every single thing in my life and I had thought it through step by step. And as Alicia Keys had said, you know, for certain things that makes perfect sense, you know, especially like in terms of your career or other things you want to accomplish, you know, what I was doing, I believe was fine. But what I learned is that there really is this great spontaneity about life, you know, that she's talking about. And for me, it was a matter of trying to get better and better at trusting that and knowing that things are going to unfold and kind of learning for certain areas to just let go a little and leave room for things to unfold. But honestly, it was something I really had to push myself to get better and better at. And now looking back, I can honestly say doing that was one of the best things I think I've ever done because it's kind of like you're riding a wave and you're just trusting where it takes you. And I know for all of you rationally minded logical people like me, <laughs> that that can sound crazy. But the more and more you kind of embrace this type of spontaneity in your life, the more you see and allow things to kind of up, open and unfold, you're like, okay, this is, this is not so bad after all. And in fact, this is, this is kind of cool. And again, it's not for everything, right? But there are definitely some areas 
that you do want to kind of go with the flow. For me, it came down to where I was living because I used to live in the Midwest. And if you had told me as recently as three years ago that I would be living and working in Southern California, I would have thought you'd lost your mind. But I can say now that living and working here definitely goes on my top 10 list. And this was never in any of my plans. In fact, I never even considered California because I felt like it was just the other side of the universe. But, you know, one thing led to another. My husband had opportunities and I kind of decided, you know what, I think I'm supposed to open myself up to just going with the flow here. And I did that and it was absolutely one of the best things that I have ever done. So what I want to ask you right now, if there are things, you know, that you feel you're being pushed or pulled toward, even if nothing comes to mind right now, just make sure starting today, you push yourself out of your comfort zone or you commit to pushing yourself out of your comfort zone a little for certain things and just kind of let go and let go of plans and let go of, you know, quote unquote, conventional wisdom. And again, you don't have to do this for everything. You know, just whatever feels right to you and, you know, what feels like, you know, I could potentially just maybe see how that situation plays out and really take into consideration that it feels like I'm being pulled in one direction more so than the other. So those are some of the great lessons from Alicia Keys, you know, that, you know, kind of kind of run against a little bit of conventional wisdom. But what I've also realized is that sometimes, you know what, it's okay to not just fall strictly in line with conventional wisdom or with what other people are telling you. If there's something that feels right for you, you know, you can push yourself a little bit out of your comfort zone. And there, of course, is no better time to do that than today and to make sure that you're always taking advantage of the day in front of you, the possibility that you have to really do those things that are important to you. And some things that you may want to consider that we discussed today is, you know, number one, if there is something that feels really right for you, you probably are okay giving up your plan B. Yeah, you can prepare and you can set yourself up for success, but it's okay if you decide you're all chips in and it's no longer about plan B. And it's more than okay if you remove the word if from your vocabulary and start speaking about it as a foregone conclusion and something that you're actually going to make happen. And another thing you know, number two that you may want to start doing differently today is just considering some areas of your life where you may just want to let go a little, where you kind of let the plans go and you just go with the flow and be willing to let life take you wherever it seems it's taking you. You know, embrace that spontaneity that Alicia Keys was talking about. And next, I wanted to discuss Mary Jo's hot question for the week. Like we promised, we are going to work through that. And as we were speaking about earlier, Mary Jo recently lost her job. And she wants to talk about her best next steps and how to work through the fear 
So that is what we are going to be getting into next. Stick around. You are listening to The Possibility Today on webtalkradio.net. Okay, and now we are going to get into the hot question of the week. This one is from Mary Jo, who unfortunately has recently lost her job. Mary Jo was working at a company that she had been with for 12 years. And when she initially lost her job, she really tried to handle it the best she could and remind herself that everything happened for a reason. But as time has continued, the fears are setting in, the fears of being unemployed and not knowing if she's going to ever be able to find another job. And she's just wondering how to best kind of get through this period of time and how to find a new job. So Mary Jo, the first thing I would tell you is that, you know, I think what you were doing initially is the best thing to do in terms of reminding yourself that everything happens for a reason. And I know that sometimes that can not be all that comforting. Like it can be, and I'm sure it is very disheartening, you know, that you've lost your job and definitely sorry to hear that. But there are tools and things that you can do to get through this time. And there are things that I have personally used to get through challenging times. And what you said, I thought was just so on point because it, the process begins with really reminding yourself that everything happens for a reason. And similar to what you experienced, I experienced the same thing, right? Where you can start off that way and you start off strong, but then the fears kind of start dialing up and, you know, quote unquote, reality starts setting in. And when that happens, you know, I just kind of would let the fears rise to the surface. I wasn't in denial about them or pretending like they didn't exist because they were real emotions that I had and it's best to kind of let them surface. And so I would do that and then I would really just start reminding myself, okay, you know what? Everything is going to be okay and, you know, I have to trust the way that things are happening. And it took, you know, some time But eventually, you know, just kind of taking time, sitting down, maybe going off by yourself and just kind of processing that and settling your fears, it helps. And so after a while, I would start feeling calm and settled again. You know, it's like the wave of emotion, the wave of the fear passes. It has to kind of pass through your system. And the way that I did that was, you know, by reminding myself everything really was going to be okay And just continually kind of basically doing whatever I could to overshadow the fears and to just get them to kind of subside. And then when I found that I was at that place where I was calm and I was settled, you know, no matter how long that took me, that was when I would then start thinking about, okay, what are the things that I can start doing? What are some solutions to get me from where I am today to where I want to be? What are the steps? You know, is that researching new jobs? Is that speaking to people that you used to work with and getting referrals? You know, really just sitting and thinking through some potential good solutions and listing all of those out. And I discovered you're so much better off to do that when, you know, you've kind of calmed and settled the fears. So that would be 
what I would do, you know, as the second part uh, is really trying to find practical solutions. And then, you know, I would just start taking steps. And that's all you've got to do is taking steps after you've created that list in the right direction. And you do them, you take them day by day. And when those fears kind of surface again, you do the same process of just trying to settle yourself. And what you'll see is you're going to get better and better at settling those fears and calming yourself down. It's like anything, right? You, you just develop the skill, you get stronger and stronger at it, and you, you know exactly how to overshadow whatever specific fears are rising to the surface. But what I used to fail to realize was that it wasn't something that was going to just happen automatically. There's a manual process, things that I had to do. So that's why I'm recommending you kind of emulate that process. And eventually you're just going to start seeing that you're gaining traction. And as time goes on, you know, you're taking step by step forward off of this plan you've created. And those fears are going to subside and you're going to have your next job and your next opportunity. So I hope that really helps. If you do have any other questions, please feel free to email them to me and we can go through whatever else you want to. But before we go, Mary Jo, I want to make you laugh or at least smile for the day. You know, sometimes I think, or actually all the time I think, you know, whenever I'm going through a bunch of stuff, it just helps to kind of laugh from time to time and lighten things up. And it's not that we don't have serious things to deal with, but if we can kind of, you know, just reflect on something that makes us smile or gets the good energy flowing, I've noticed that that really kind of helps it make it a little easier, you know, day by day to work through whatever it is you're working through. There's actually one of my favorite quotes is, I love people who can make me laugh even when I don't want to smile <laughs> because it's so true, right? And Mary Jo, I am going to try to do that right now with the <laughs> possibility of today, funny moment of the week. This one is actually from uh, an episode of, again, Oprah, but this one is with Chris Rock. And Chris Rock, the comedian, is describing, you know, what we always talk about, too, is, you know, the challenges of maintaining a great relationship and how hard it is and how much you have to invest and maintain. And so he describes that even Nelson Mandela, you know, who is the epitome of peace and joy and calmness, even he was struggling with his relationship. Listen to what Chris Rock said during his interview. Marriage is so tough, Nelson Mandela got a divorce. <laughs> <laughs> he spent 27 years in a South African prison, beaten and tortured, made to eat horrible food for 27 years. He spent six months with his wife and said, I can't take it. Hilarious, right? It really is true that marriage can be one of the most challenging things, which is why we spend so much time on it and really trying to find the best formula and ways to kind of maintain great relationships. But that is the funny moment for the week. Mary Jo, I hope it made you laugh. And I hope you all enjoyed it as well. That is our show for the week. Use your day. Take advantage of your 24 hours to get where you want to be, whether that means 
throwing away the word if, throwing out that plan B, or even, you know, just deciding you're going to let go and let things flow certain areas of your life. Hope you enjoyed the show today. Have an amazing week. Have an amazing day. And of course, live today better than yesterday. I'll talk to you next week.